Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls, blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches, and you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Okay, and welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner, from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. And boy, do we have some stuff for you. Although, this is going to be a very very different show. Again, Susan uh, is sick, so she couldn't be here. And the show must go on. We've missed too many days. So, uh, and I'm not even fixed. This thyroid thing is all messed up. But we're going to do our best, okay? Hang in there. All right, we're going to start with this piece from, oh, no. <clears throat> Patriots, hand of a heart, face flag, you don't have a flag, get a flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, first up, we got something from Newsbusters. That is the, uh, the they are the child company of CNS News, Central, you know, if you, Cybercast News Service, um, just so you know. Chris Matthews on Monday morning's Joe tried to talk an agitated Joe Scarborough down from the ledge in regard to the finding of no collusion in the Mueller report, as I predicted. No, really, I told you all. It, nobody was going to get any collusion charges. It was all going to be those dumb, uh, lied to this nonsense and process crimes and uh, tax tax issues. There, there was there was really no there there, and there still isn't. So. They are reeling from Mueller's report, and they are spinning it any way they can. So, the Mueller report and no prosecution on obstruction, Scarborough peppered the hardball host with a series of what-about questions. Finally, an exasperated Matthews dismissed himself. <laughs> I mean, uh, dismissed. 
get yourself a job as special counsel. The investigation was resolved this weekend politically. That's that's insane. Chris Matthews, thrill up my leg softball, is talking Joe Scarborough off the ledge. Uh, it's crazy. Who would have thought that had happened? Okay, what got Scarborough so worked up? Perhaps it was the casual dismissal and finality in which Matthews talked. He concluded, so they didn't have him on collusion. That to me means there will not be a conviction in the U.S. Senate this year. That's not going to happen. He advised Democrats to try and win elections instead of impeachment. Matthews added that the party can't wait around for Uncle Robert to take care of them. Uncle Robert did what he thought he did was right. The MSLSD anchor concluded, Right now there's no case for this removal on collusion. Or obstruction, by the way. Now they're all swinging to obstruction. Scarborough demanded, if Donald Trump had nothing to worry about all along, why did the president lie about his contacts with Russia repeatedly during the campaign? Why did the vice president lie about their contacts with Russia in January of 2017? You you know, crazy people, get your facts straight. None of that happened. <laughs> None of it happened. That's what I mean. Uh, facts mean nothing to these people. Uh, they just gets away in a good lie. <laughs> that led to the following exchange. Joe Scarborough said, How about the meeting on Air Force One where Donald Trump was has everybody around him saying, Okay, this is how we lie about our meeting with the Russians. Excuse me? When did that happen? I've followed this crap since the beginning. There was nothing about that. What is he talking about? The only problem with people on tarmacs would be B.J. Clinton and... Uh, what's her name? Uh, she's gone now, but she <coughs> she was the Attorney General. Uh, that happened. That was real. That was obstruction. That was threats. That was a crime. Nothing was done again. No, Nothing happens to Democrats when they do things wrong. But good, goodness gracious, if a Republican sneezes, he might as well leave office. After Scarborough pleaded for more investigations, Matthew shrugged and replied, it was resolved this weekend politically. Oh, I didn't say what Matthew said and replied to that. Uh, Matthew says, get yourself a job as special counsel, like said before. On Sunday, Scarborough said that exoneration is not, exoneration or not, Trump is still just lying Mr. Magoo character. Also on Sunday, see, Communist News Network's Wolf Blitzer wondered if impeachment was still possible. On Friday, Matthews was the only one who was upset, suffering a meltdown over the lack of bad news in the Mueller report for Trump. Morning Joe, 325.19 at 8.04 in the morning. Chris Matthews says, so they didn't have him on collusion. 
That to me means there will not be a conviction in the U.S. Senate this year. That's not going to happen. I doubt, I note that if there is a majority vote in the House or for impeachment, will be entirely, almost entirely Democrats. You could make a case for obstruction of justice. No, you can't. I made it on the air. No, you didn't. But it's all about broad daylight behavior by the president firing Comey. He's allowed to fire Comey, and it didn't obstruct the investigation in any way, shape, or form. In fact, it it created the special counsel investigation. So opposite of obstruction. You know, these people, they they just don't care about facts. They make stuff up. They, and then they repeat stuff other people say that are lefties. And the next thing you know, it's a big echo chamber. Firing Comey, it was a good case for obstruction of justice. Nope. But there, again, Comey serves at the pleasure of the President of the United States. He was fired. And by the way, after receiving... A memo from a letter, an email, whatever you want to call it, uh, from Rosenstein, who said he should be he should fire him. Now, how is that obstruction in any way, shape, or form? He was he was pointed out that he's not doing his job and he should be fired, and he agreed and he fired him. As his boss, he has the right to do that. That didn't change the investigation at all. Again, it didn't obstruct. It actually did what Comey wanted done. They got a special counsel. He said that was that was his plan all along. And again, Mueller had applied for Comey's job. The president turned him down and suddenly he's investigating the president. No, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not, you know, conflict of interest, is it? I think it is conflict of interest. But the Republicans already know that. They are not supporting impeachment. So I think the Democrats supporting impeachment. So I think Democrats have to win the election. Mika Brzezinski. Didn't they get married? How is she using her same... Why is she still using her old last name? And doesn't, doesn't that name sound very Russian to you? Does the Morning Joe have a problem with collusion with the Russians? They have a host called Mika Brzezinski. Mika is definitely a Russian name. Brzezinski could be Polish, but it's it's still a Russian name. So, I mean, I'm just saying, and and they're crazy. They hate America. So uh, let's investigate them. The morning, let's Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski. Let's let's do an investigation on them. I bet that would be fun. I bet we'd find out all kinds of stuff. Mika Brzezinski, what? Matthews, they got, they got win the election. They forgot to. They got to win the election. I'm getting sick of this. Brzezinski, oh, I thought you said they are gonna. Matthews, waiting around for Uncle Robert to take care of them. Uncle Robert did what he thought he did was right, and Barr did what he thought was right with his judgment call. You got to do your own case. Look, we watched Nixon go down on evidence. No, he, he actually, he didn't. He resigned. 
They would not have succeeded. That's my personal opinion because it would have turned out that the articles of Petra were made up at a whole cloth by uh, then-attorney then then Hitlery Rotten Clinton, the butcher of Benghazi. That's right. She was one of the two attorneys that did the the investigation to have articles of impeachment. The lawyers put that together. And now the other lawyer is a guy, he came forward a few years ago, quite a few years ago, and said that uh, she she was making things, she made everything up. It was They were complete lies. Does that surprise you that Hitler, Rotten Clinton, the butcher of Benghazi lied and made up stuff to try and get a Republican president out of office? Huh. Not that I wanted Nixon to be in office because he's a prog. He was, and maybe even a globalist, but he certainly wasn't conservative. So it's amazing that they wanted to get him out of office because he did things to he did things to help them move forward their agenda as opposed to stopping it. So anyway, uh, brought him down on evidence. Brzezinski, right? Matthews, the June 23rd tape where it was clearly involved in obstruction, in fact, leading the case for covering it up. We saw the Clinton stuff. We saw how he lied under oath. We had him. We looked at the evidence. We looked at the facts. Right now, there's no case for his removal on collusion. Then we're we're argue... Then we're argue, we are argue about obstruction of justice for a while. There again, a judgment call. Barr made his judgment over the weekend. The Republicans have made their judgment. Yes, yes, yes. But we're not removing him from office. Everybody is going to be partisan on this. Let's face it. Joe Scarborough says, The question is, Chris, what, of course, maybe historians will be sorting through, is if there's no collusion, if... There was improper conduct. If Donald Trump, Matthews, interrupts, well, there may have been that. No, there is none of that. And I don't know. Are there any real historians anymore? Because most of history is just absolutely put on these books and taught completely wrong, filled with lies and manipulations and changing actual history. That's what the modern-day historians do. Scarborough. If Donald Trump had nothing to worry about all along, why did the president lie about his contacts with Russia repeatedly during the campaign? He didn't. He didn't have contacts the only contact was his son that went to a meeting that turned out to be nothing, and he cut it short and walked out. There is nothing there. If someone says they have opposition research on your opponent, you go listen to them and see what they got. Turned out they didn't have anything. It wasn't about that. It was about this stupid law against Russia, uh, Russian adoption of children. And for some reason, uh, Putin wants that gone for some reason he wants russian children to be allowed to be adopted by people in the usa i don't really understand why 
Why did the vice president lie about their contacts with Russia in January of 2017? Didn't happen. Why They throw lie around that word all the time because they're liars. They're projecting. This is progressive projecting. That's all it is. They do it all the time. They're, they're guilty of lying. Not, not the president or vice president. They're guilty of lying. Why did the attorney general lie in front of the United States Senate about his contacts? It never happened. We can go. Matthews interrupts again. Some people are just liars. You mean like Joe Scarborough or Mika Brzezinski? Every, I want you to specifically tell me what the lie was about their contacts in Russia. Now, this was all investigated. That, that never happened. There were no contacts in Russia. They, they didn't lie about anything. I don't know who this woman is, Nicole Wallace. I don't watch this crap. Why did they all tell the same lie, Scarborough? And that's the thing. They weren't lying about talking to Russians, and the other didn't lie about talking to Venezuelans. And another talk about talking to the Chinese. They about talking to Russia. Matthews, I agree. Let me ask you a question. People behave the way they behave. They don't like being investigated. Scarborough, about the same topic? Matthews, I know. Why did Saddam Hussein claim he had all those weapons and they go hide in a spider hole? He didn't have the weapons. He was more afraid of the Shia than he was the United States. I can explain that a lot better than I can explain this, which is why... Would you continue lying about your contacts with Russia? Matthews, two years of looking into it, and they can't get it. I agree with you. See, now, what do you say? Mueller wasn't aggressive enough. He couldn't have been more of an aggressive jackass than he was without ending up by bars himself. I'm telling you, man, this is, they're crazy. First of all, there's a lot of prima facie evidence. There was back and forth meetings, all those meetings, cigar bar at the Trump Tower. None of those things happened. And by the way, you need to meet with, you need to meet with foreign countries and their representatives. Even during the interim, while you're waiting to be sworn in, your team's being put together, you are doing diplomacy. This is normal. All presidents do this. This is ridiculous. There was one meeting at Trump Tower. I don't know what the cigar bar thing is. Scarborough, how about the meeting on Air Force One where Donald Trump has everyone around him saying, okay, this is how we'll lie about our meeting with the Russians. Who said that? Who told you that, Joe? You've been, I think you've been smoking some stuff too much. This, Whoever told you that made it up and you just buy into it. So far, you've talked about a lot of things you bought into that it's not true and you keep saying it's true. You're just an idiot. I, I don't even want a funny name for him because Joe Scarborough is a moron. He deserves Mika, who's also a low IQ moron. They're just low IQ individuals. That's why they're so easily buy into things they want to buy into. They don't think about it. Yeah, that's right. 
Someone said that they met with Russia. They met with the Russians. Someone says Russia collusion. Russia collusion. Doesn't matter if you actually have a brain and uh, ask questions and try and f- see what's actually going on. Now, let's just uh, be jackasses. Matthews, get yourself a job as special counsel. Scarborough, there is more of that onion to unpeel. After two years of investigating everybody in his orbit, including the president, there is no there there, as Rosenstein and Comey said, there is no there there. And it turns out there is no there there. Big surprise. They want it to be there. That's all. There's more of this onion to unpeel. Yeah, if you go to the Onion and get all your get all your information there, if you don't know those people, the Onion is a satirical site. Matthews, you can make that argument. It was resolved this weekend politically. I just man, when Chris Matthews has to t- tell you to calm it down and stop being such a jerk, you've really gone over the edge. Because Matthews is a kook. Oh, I agree with you on that. Why do you agree? It was all investigated. It's all in the Mueller report. I'm sure you'll get to read about it once Barr decides how much of it to release. You you can't release things that are going to jeopardize national security. That's his call. He'll decide. And the president could decide. And the president could decide to unclassify anything he wants because... The president has the power to do that. But he's not going to do it if he's told that if we do this, it's going to jeopardize assets on the ground. It's going to show too much of how we do things. There's a lot lot of things you can't declassify. You just can't do it. These people, I want to see the whole thing. Well, good for you. Get a a higher clearance and go look at it in in the shoe where you belong. And you can, then you can look at it all you want. But uh, I don't know that they're going to give you any higher security clearance, so I don't think you're going to get to see it. Uh, I I knew they were going to break down. I just didn't want to talk about it. But, you know, I was going through all my emails, and uh, I just couldn't pass that one up. I mean, come on. Who'd have thought that Chris Matthews would be the rational one? All right. What happened to my Bastiat article? Ah, it didn't go all the way through the front, darn it. Okay, I forgot my Bastiat quote, but here it goes. The worst thing that can happen to a good cause is not to be skillfully attacked, but to be ineptly defended. Frederick Bastiat. Now, some reason I have to explain this stuff. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not that people can skillfully attack you. It's that you're not prepared to actually defend yourself or the issue or whatever the case may be. In other words, educate yourself. Stop just listening to other people and parroting. Learn. Then you will be able to effectively stave off the attack. 
Okay. Uh, somewhere along those lines, I have uh, something from Mises Daily Articles. It's called The State of Nature is a State of Poverty. Three twenty-three, twenty-nineteen. 2019 Ludwig von Mises. From time immemorial, men have prattled about the blissful conditions their ancestors enjoyed in the original quote-unquote state of nature. From old myths, fables, and poems, the image of this primitive happiness passed into many popular philosophies of the 17th and 18th centuries. In their language, the term natural denoted that what was good and beneficial in human affairs, while the term civilization had the connotation of opprobrium. The fall of man was seen in the deviation from the primitive conditions of ages in which there was but little difference between man and other animals. At the time, these romantic eulogists of the past asserted there were no conflicts between men peace was undisturbed in the garden of Eden investing is a long term process how many times can you think of in the last decade that the stock market has destroyed retirement funds for people just like you and me for your existing IRA you need the security that gold has provided for centuries Remember, gold has never been worth zero. Capital Gold would like to introduce you to the Home Storage Gold IRA. It's a self-directed IRA set up with all the protection and tax benefits of an LLC. But the big difference in this IRA is you invest in gold and you hold it in your possession. You can't do that with stocks. That's security. You can transfer any type of IRA hassle-free in days. Please call right now and learn more, and we'll waive the $500 setup fee and give you a free safe to store your gold. Call 800-515-6302. That's 800-515-6302. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government program. Call for complete details not available in all states. Due to an upturn in the economy, Main Street Business Loans has pre-approved the release of millions of dollars in small business funding. Your business may already be pre-approved to receive up to $250,000. We've sent out millions of pre-approval letters. We see the economy growing, and our underwriters believe now is the time to invest in your business so you can grow faster and make more money. 
and we're prepared to give you up to $250,000 to do it. Your funds can be available in five days. There are no application fees, no annual fees, just quick access to up to $250,000. If your business did not receive your approval letter to get up to $250,000, call Main Street Business Loans Approval Desk now. 800-296-1210. 800-296-1210. Again, that's 800-296-1210. What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the term lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. I'm here with Scott Uceum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever. We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-511-2117. 800-511-2117. That's 800-511-2117. Okay, and welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, our half of one. Okay, uh, before the uh, break, we were talking about the na- the state of nature is a state of poverty from 32319, Ludwig von Mises. From time immemorial, men have pl- prattled about the blissful conditions their ancestors enjoyed in the original, quote-unquote, state of nature. And now I'm reading, I'm backing over it because I want to make sure new listeners catch up. <clears throat> the original state of nature from old myths, fables, and poems, the image of this primitive happiness passed into many popular philosophies of the 17th and 18th centuries. In their language, the term natural denoted that what was good and beneficial in human affairs, while the term civilization had the connotation of opprobrium. 
The fall of man was seen in the deviation from the primitive condition of ages in which there was but little difference between man and other animals. At that time, these romantic eulogists of the past asserted there were no conflicts between men. Peace was undisturbed in the Garden of Eden. Yet nature does not generate peace and goodwill. The characteristic mark of the state of nature is irreconcilable conflict. Each specimen is the rival of all other specimens. The means of substance are scarce and do not grant survival to all. The conflicts can never disappear. If a band of men united with the object of defeating rival bands succeeds in annihilating its foes, new antagonisms arise among the victors over the distribution of the booty. That means they're... they're their goods that they got from them. I know nowadays words all mean different things. <clears throat> the source of the conflicts always is always the fact that each man's po- each man's portion curtails the portion of all other men. This is a dilemma that does not allow of any peaceful solution. What makes friendly relations between human beings? possible is the higher productivity of the division of labor performed under the division of tasks. The supply of goods multiplies a preeminent common interest, the preservation and further intensification of social cooperation becomes paramount and obliterates all essential collisions. Catalic, no, catalactic, catalactic competition is substituted for biological competition. It makes for harmony of the interests of all members of society. The very condition from which the irreconcilable, sorry, my eyes, my eyes really bother me. Ugh. The very condition from which the irreconcilable conflicts of biological competition arise, vis-a-vis the fact that all people by and large strive after the same things, is transformed into a factor making for harmony of interests. Because many people, or even all people, want bread, clothes, shoes, and cars, Large-scale production of these goods becomes feasible and reduces the cost of production to such an extent that they are accessible at low prices. The fact that my fellow man wants to acquire shoes as I do does not make it harder for me to get shoes, but easier. What enhances the price of shoes is the fact that nature does not provide a more ample supply of leather and other raw materials required, and that one must submit to the disadvantage of labor in order to transform these raw materials into shoes. The catalactic competition of those who, like me, are eager to have shoes make shoes cheaper, not more expensive. This is the meaning of the theorem of the harmony of the rightly, of the rightly understood interests of all members of the market society. 
When the classical economists made this statement, they were trying to stress two points. That everybody is interested in the prevention of the social division of labor, the system that multiplies the productivity of human efforts. That in the market society, consumers man ultimately directs all production activities. The fact that not all human wants can be satisfied is not due to inappropriate social institutions or the deficiencies of the system of the market economy. It is a natural condition of human life to believe that nature bestows upon man inexhaustible riches and that misery is an outgrowth of man's failure to organize the good society is entirely fallacious. The state of nature that the reformers and utopians depict as paradisiac, 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 was in fact a state of extreme poverty and distress. Poverty, says Bentham, is not the work of the laws. It is the primitive condition of the human race. Even those at the base of the social pyramid are much better off than they would have been in the absence of social cooperation. They too are benefited by the operation of the market economy and participate in the advantages of civilized society. The 19th century reformers did not drop the cherished fable of the original earthly paradise. Frederick Engels incorporated it in the Marxian account of mankind's social evolution. However, they no longer set up the bliss of the area atis as a pattern for social and economic reconstruction. They contrast the alleged depravity of capitalism with the ideal happiness man will enjoy in the socialist elysium of the future. The socialist mode of production will abolish the letters by means of which capitalism checks the development of the productive forces, and will increase the productivity of labor and wealth beyond all measure. The preservation of free enterprise and the private ownership of the means of production benefits exclusively the small minority of parasitic exploiters and harms the immense majority of working men. Hence, there prevails within the frame of the market society an irreconcilable conflict between the interests of capital and those of labor. This class struggle can disappear only when a fair system of social organization, either socialism or interventionalism, is substituted for the manifestly unfair capitalist mode of production. Such is the almost universally accepted social philosophy of our age. It was not created by Marx, although it owes its popularity mainly to the writings of Marx and the Marxians. It is today endorsed not only by the Marxians, but no less by most of the parties who emphatically declare their anti-Marxism and pay lip service to free enterprise. 
It is the official social philosophy of Roman Catholicism, as well as of Anglo-Catholicism. It is supported by many eminent champions of the various Protestant denominations and of the Orthodox Oriental Church. It is an essential part of the teachings of Italian fascism and of German Nazism and of all varieties of interventional documents. I'm sorry, interventionalist doctrines. Told you my eyes are just not focusing. I have chronic dry eye due to ankylosing spondylitis, pain in the neck. So anyway, um, it was the ideology of the sociopolitic of the Hohenzollerns in Germany and the French royalists aiming at the restoration of the House of Bourbon Orleans, of the New Deal of President Roosevelt and of the nationalists of Asia and Latin America. The antagonisms between these parties and factions referred to accidental issues, such as religious dogma, constitutional institutions, foreign policy, and first of all, to the characteristic features of the social system that is to be substituted for capitalism. But they all agree in the fundamental thesis that the very existence of the capitalist system harms the vital interests of the immense majority of workers, artisans, and small farmers. And they will and they'll all ask in the name of social justice for the abolition of capitalism. The belief that nature bestows upon man inexhaustible riches and that misery is an outgrowth of man's failure to organize the good society is entirely fallacious. All socialists and interventionist authors and politicians base their analysis and critique of the market economy on two fundamental errors. First, they fail to recognize the speculative character inherent in all endeavors to provide for future want satisfaction, i.e. in all human action. They naively assume, you know what happens when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, that there cannot exist any doubt about the measures to be applied for the best possible provisioning of the consumers. In a socialist commonwealth, there will be no need for the production czar or the central board production management to speculate. He will simply have to resort to those measures which are beneficial to his wards. The advocates of a planned economy have never conceived that the task is to provide for future wants that may differ from today's wants and to employ the various available factors of production in the most expedient way for the best possible satisfaction of these certain future wants. They have not conceived that the problem is to allocate scarce factors of production to the various branches of production in such a way that no wants considered more urgent would remain unsatisfied because of the factors of production required for their satisfaction were employed, i.e. wasted, for the satisfaction of wants considered less urgent. 
The economic problem must not be confused with the technological problem. Technological knowledge can merely tell us what could be achieved under the present state of our scientific insight. It does not answer the question as to what should be produced and in what quantities and which of the multitude of technological processes available should be chosen. Deluded by their failure to grasp this essential matter, the advocates of a planned society believe that the production of production czar will never err in his decisions. The market economy, the entrepreneurs and capitalists cannot avoid committing serious blunders because they know neither what the consumers want nor what their competitors are doing. The general manager of a social estate will be infallible because he alone will have the power to determine what should be produced and how, and because no action of other people will cross his plans. The second fundamental error involved in the socialist critique is the market economy stems from their faulty theory of wages. They have failed to realize that wages are the price paid for the wage earner's achievement, i.e. for the contribution of his efforts to the processing of the good concerned or of the good concerned or oh, okay uh, the processing of the good concerned or as people say for the value his services add to the value of the materials no matter whether there are time wages or piecework wages the employer always buys the worker's performance and services not his time it is therefore not true that the unhampered market economy the unhampered market economy we don't have the worker has no personal interest in the execution of his task the socialists are badly mistaken in asserting that those paid a certain rate per hour per day per week per month or per year are not impelled by their own selfish interests when they work efficiently it is not lofty ideals and the sense of duty that deter a worker paid according to the length of time worked from carelessness and loafing around the shop, but very substantial arguments. He who works more and gets and better gets higher pay, and he who wants to earn more must increase their quantity and improve the quality of his performance. The hard-boiled employer are not so gullible as to let themselves be cheated by slothful employees. They are not so negligent as those arguments who pay salaries to hosts of loafing bureaucrats. Neither are the wage earners so stupid as not to know that laziness and inefficiency are heavily penalized in the labor market. On the shaky ground of their misconceptions... The catalytic nature of wages, the socialist authors have advanced fantastic fables about increase in productivity of labor to be expected from the realization of their plans. Okay, we have tried this in this country. I keep pointing this out. The pilgrims initially were collectivists. That was their charter. And it didn't work. 
About 50% of the population died the first winter, and after that, the leader granted private property ownership and the fact that you could keep whatever you get from your land, not put it in a collective space where everybody gets the same amount, because that caused people to become lazy. And when other people saw some of them being lazy and not working, they became lazy and not work hard. And that caused a lot of people to die. And it happened again in Jamestown. Exactly the same thing happened. And exactly the same solution was was chosen, private property ownership. After those two, col- those two colonies did that, they flourished. There's your first example on this continent of the practice of collectivism. Call it left-wing, little progressive, socialist, commie, fascist, status bastard. I don't care. Okay, uh, so, under capitalism, they say the worker's zeal is seriously impaired because he is aware of the fact that he himself does not reap the fruits of his labor. Yeah, he does. He gets paid. Unlike in commie land, where there is no, you don't get to keep the fruit of your labor. That's the point. And that his toil and trouble enrich merely his employer. This parasitic and idle exploiter But under socialism, every worker will know that he works for the benefit of society, of which he himself is part. Oh, you mean like when I worked for New York City Emergency Medical Service, and everybody was civil service, and you had all kinds of people that weren't doing their job, and they never got fired, and they never got paid less than me. No matter how hard I worked, I would not make an extra dime. Unless I worked overtime, of course, then I have to get paid overtime. But I'm talking about uh, I'm I want to raise because I I'm doing three times the work of everybody else. Can't do that. So I've seen this in every union shop I was in. It breeds sloth. People get lazy. They don't work at their at their best because it doesn't matter how hard they work. They get paid the same. That doesn't in entice people to work harder now does it if idiot sitting next to me is doing a third of the work that i'm doing and i and we get paid the same amount of money and i can't ask for a raise that sucks so that's socialism already the unions are socialism the civil service employees are socialism and it doesn't work Look at that giant bureaucracy up there that's completely out of its constitutional limits, and look what little it actually provides. The knowledge will provide him with the most powerful incentive to do his best. The enormous increase in the productivity of labor and thereby in wealth will result. And at what time in socialism has that ever happened? Again, if you only get paid the same amount of money no matter how hard you work, well, you really, what's the point? However, the identification of interests of each worker and those of the socialist commonwealth is a purely legalistic and formalistic fiction that has nothing to do with the real state of affairs. While the sacrifices of individual worker makes in intensifying his own exertion burden himself, and proves his own well-being, while the individual worker enjoys completely the pleasures he may reap by yielding to the temptation and carelessness and laziness, the resulting impairment of the social dividend curtails his own share only infinitesimally. 
Under such a social mode of production, all personal incentives that selfishness provides under capitalism are removed, and a premium is put upon laziness and negligence. Whereas in capitalist society, self selfishness incites everyone to the utmost diligence in a socialist society, it makes for inertia and laxity. The socialist may still babble about the miraculous change in human nature that the advent of socialism will effect, and about the substitute of lofty altruism for mean of egotism. But they must no longer indulge in fables about marvelous effects and selfishness of each individual will bring about into socialism. The state of nature that the reformers and utopians depicted as paradisic was, in fact, a state of extreme poverty and distress. No judicious man can fail to conclude from the evidence that these considerations that in the market economy, the productivity of labor is incomparably higher than it would be under socialism. However, his cognition does not settle the question between the advocates of capitalism and those of socialism from praxeological, i.e. scientific, point of view. A bona fide advocate of socialism who is free from bigotry, prepossession, and malice could still contend it may be true that P the total net income turned out in a market society is larger than P, the total net income earned out in a socialist society. Now, in capitalism, the P was capitalized, and in the socialist, the P was small, lowercase. But if the socialist system assigns to each member an equal share of P, vis-a-vis P divided by Z equals D, all those whose income in the market society is smaller than D are favored by the substitution of socialism for capitalism. It may happen that this group of people includes the majority of men At any rate, it becomes evident that the doctrine of the harmony between the rightly understood interests of all members of the market society is untenable. There is a class of men whose interests are hurt by the very existence of the market economy and who would be better off under socialism. The liberals contest the conclusiveness of this reasoning when they believe that P will lag so much behind excuse me, believe that lowercase p will tag so much behind uppercase p and d will be smaller than the income that even those earning the lowest wages get in the market society. There can be no doubt that the objection raised by the liberals is, they're not liberal, they're progressives, is well-founded. However, their refutation of the socialist claims is not based on practical consideration and therefore lacks the apple. 
The changes in the military fostered by the Clinton administration have provided the opportunity to create an elite new fighting force. The Big K-1. Their mission? Nail Saddam Hussein. Well, who does this nails anyway? You're quiet, soldier. Uh, listen up, uh, man. Uh, we'll be leaving for Baghdad from Fort Dix. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's Black. Roberta Black. I love her. We're here. We're on fire. We're playing. And going down. <laughs> Be with us again next time when the crack soldiers close in on Saddam. Oh, no, Stan. It's a good thing I wore my combat song. On the Big K-1. And now from Hezbollah Toys, just in time for Ramadan. The good and peaceful people at Wacky.com and Hezbollah bring you... Jihad Joe action figure. Pull his string and he shouts Allah Akbar and kill the infidels. Pull it again and Jihad begins to sweat profusely and screams, Everyone back up or I will blow myself up. On the third pull, Jihad Joe shouts, I am serious. On the fourth and final pull, Jihad Joe begins to say something we cannot quite make out before exploding in a dazzling and immensely gratifying display of holy fire and smoke. For added fun, dress Jihad in a burqa before detonation. Get your Jihad Joe today. Supplies are limited, and once they are gone... Thank Allah they are gone. Coming soon, Burqa Barbie. Hello, I'm Frank Bartles, and this here's my partner, James Brown. As the weather starts getting too hot, we hope you will reach for one of these. New Bartles and James Brown wine cooler. It tastes good. They come in three funky flavors. <laughs> Gravity grape. Get down. Crime of passion fruit. Oh, And my personal favorite, papaya. Papaya's got a brand new bag. <laughs> It'll get you off faster than a big city lawyer. <laughs> and a single pack serves six to ten. Just like James. <laughs> new Bartles and James Brown wine coolers. The cooler cooler. Made in the cooler. Now behind bars everywhere. And, uh... Thank you for your support. Our hidden cameras caught Mrs. Helen Grouse of Columbus, Ohio, in the act of shoplifting at an A&P store. We asked other shoppers if they'd be deterred from shoplifting if we punished Mrs. Grouse by killing her. Let's listen. Excuse me, ma'am. Have you ever shoplifted? Well, well, yeah, yes, I have. Oh? Uh-huh. Yeah, on occasion I snitched a can of salmon or a jar of artichoke hearts. Well, let me ask you this. What? Here is a woman we just caught shoplifting. Oh, boy. Now, if we were to punish her mm-hmm. by killing her mm-hmm. right now, would that convince you not to shoplift? Uh, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of an impulse sort of thing, and I really doubt if you'd kill her. I mean, I'd have to say I, 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 I'd probably shoplift again. I see. Well, watch this. We are... Now, what have we done? Well, uh, uh, you just shot her in the head. And would you say that she's dead? Well, her whole head is blown off. Yeah, she's she's dead all right, yeah. Now, let me ask you again. Do you think we've convinced you not to shoplift? Well, I have to say I'd never shoplift again. Why do you say that? Well, you just proved to me that you'd kill someone if they shoplifted. I saw it with my own eyes. You're not just saying that. No, no, no. I'm really convinced. You won't change your mind. Nope. I'll never shoplift again. At A&P, we won't stop trying till we make you say... We are...
the last time. I'm pretty sure what's killing the crops is this Brondo stuff. The Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. So wait a minute. What you're saying is that you want us to put water out of the crops? Yes. Water. Like out the toilet? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be out of the toilet, but, but yeah, that's the idea. But Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. Okay, look. The plants aren't growing, so I'm pretty sure that the Brando's not working. Now, I'm no botanist, but I do know that if you put water on plants, they grow. Oh, well, I've never seen no plants grow out of no toilet. Hey, that's good. You sure you ain't the smartest guy in the world? Yeah. <laughs> okay, look, you want to solve this problem. I want to get my pardon, so why don't we just try it, okay? And not worry about what plants crave. Brando's got what plants crave. Yeah, it's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what... They used to make Brondo. Yeah, but why did they use them to make Brondo? Because Brondo had electrolytes. Okay, and welcome back to the Cooperative Radio Show. Our half of two. All right, we're doing this uh, Mises article, and it's getting a little uh, scientific here. And it's long. Uh, I think, I, oh wait, there's a, I think we're almost there. <laughs> there's a lot here. Um, so anyway, I'm going to, have to back up a little bit because I talked over the music, and that's because I'm not used to this yet. It's uh, doing this by myself is a brand new thing, and I got to work out the bugs. All right, so we were talking about nothing important. <laughs> I cannot be denied. I'm just going to move on because I don't want to talk anymore about uh, mathematical formulas in the. Uh, in the whole nonsense, but uh, we'll pick up here. The advocates of socialism could even go further, say, granted that each individual will be worse off under socialism than even the poorest under capitalism, yet we spurn the market economy in spite of the fact that it supplies everybody with more goods than socialism. We disapprove of capitalism on ethical grounds as an unfair and immoral system. We prefer socialism on grounds commonly called non-economic and put up with the facts that it impairs everybody's material well-being. It cannot be denied that this haughty indifference with regard to material well-being is a privilege reserved to ivory tower intellectuals. Seduced from reality and the aesthetic anchorites. What made socialism popular in the immense majority of its supporters was, on the contrary, the illusion that it would supply them with more amenities than capitalism. But however this, however this may be, it is obvious that this type of pro-socialist argumentation cannot be touched by the liberal reasoning concerning their productivity of labor. Whereas in a capitalist society, selfishness incites everyone to the utmost diligence in a socialistic society, it makes inertia a laxity. 
If no other objections could be raised to the socialist plans, then that socialism will be lower, will lower the standard of living of all, or at least of the immense majority. It would be impossible for praxeology to pronounce a final judgment. Men would have decided the issue between capitalism and socialism on the ground of judgments of value and judgments of relevance. But they would have to choose between the two systems as they choose between many other things. No objective standards could be discovered that would make it possible to settle the dispute in a manner that allows no contradiction and must be accepted by every sane individual. The freedom of each man's choice and discretion would not be annihilated by inexorable necessity. Now, to to help out with the idea that socialism will cause everybody's standard of living to decrease, I use the example of two glasses of water. One glass of water is full. The other glass is one-fourth full. Now, to make it even for everybody, you've got to take water out of the full glass and pour it into the quarterful glass until they even out. Now, once they even out, what's happened to the first glass? Yeah, it went down. It's less than half of what it was before. Or a little bit more. Anyway, uh, the point is, The United States, if this happens, global socialism, the way they want, to bring up all these other people, you got to take us down. There's no other way to do it. There's no no other magical way in socialism to make it it work. That's exactly what happens. We do wonderful, but now we do crappy. But But the third world lives a little better, but that doesn't last. That's just the beginning. Then, 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 socialism starts siphoning the water out of both glasses as they go down and down. As inexorably always happens, they run out of other people's money to spend, and then we have Venezuela. Pay attention to Venezuela. I want you to. I've, I've talked about it. I'll talk about it again. But I want you to do your own diligence and go look at what's going on in Venezuela. After all, they're accusing. Uh, president, us of intervening down there, we have not, and the president has warned Russia about its troops down there. But they say, "Oh no, we're just we're we're involved in interventionalism down there." Well, no, we're not. And Trump isn't an interventionalist anyway; he's a non-interventionalist, and that was settled over and over again. All right. However, the true state of affairs is entirely different. Man is not in a position to choose between these two systems. Human cooperation under the system of social division of labor is possible only in the market economy. Socialism is not a realizable system of society's ergonomic organization because it lacks any method of economic calculation. The establishment of this truth does not amount to a depreciation of the conclusiveness and the convincing power of the anti-socialist argument derived from the impairment of productivity to be expected from socialism. The weight of this objection raised to the socialist plans is so overwhelming that no judicious man could hesitate to choose capitalism. 
Yet this would still be a choice between alternative systems of society's economic organization, preference giving to one system as against another. However, such is not the alternative. Socialism cannot be realized because it is beyond human power to establish it as a social system. The choice between capitalism and chaos. Man who chooses between drinking a glass of milk and a glass of a solution of potassium cyanide does not choose between two beverages. He chooses between life and death. A society that chooses between capitalism and socialism does not choose between two social systems. It chooses between social cooperation and the disintegration of society. Socialism is not an alternative to capitalism. It is an alternative to any system under which men can live as human beings. To stress this point is the task of economics, as it is the task of biology and chemistry to teach that potassium cyanide is not a nutriment, but a deadly poison. And I hope you enjoyed it, Brando. (laughs) Fits right in. All right. Mises.org, M-I-S-E-S.org. All right, this was from uh, Christian Headlines. Oh, sorry. Robert Mueller submitted a special counsel report this weekend, which found that President Trump did not conspire or coordinate with Russians who had to fear in the 2016 presidential election. What I want to know is why, look this up, why are they selling a book on Amazon about the Mueller investigation authored by Mueller? It's supposed to be the report. It's the Mueller report. It's classified. How is he releasing a book on, uh, like, uh, today or tomorrow? I can't remember. Today. Mm. Supposedly released today. I have to go follow up. And I wonder if it's a scam or I don't know what's going on, but he can't, he can't release that information, so it makes no sense. According to the S. Oceated Press, after two years of investigating President Trump, attorney and former FBI director Robert S. Mueller found that neither President Trump nor anyone related to his campaign participated in the interference by Russia in the 2016 presidential election. The report has yet to be released to the public, but the United States Attorney General William Barr released a letter on Sunday in which he summarized the report. According to Barr's statement, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. The report, however, did not clear President Trump of accusations of obstructing the Mueller investigation, because he didn't, and there was no reason to talk about it. According to Barr's letter, the special counsel report laid out evidence of of obstruction on both sides of the question and left unresolved what the special counsel's view as difficult issues of law, of law in fact, concerning whether the president's actions and intent could be viewed as obstruction. The letter continued noting that special counsel therefore did not draw a conclusion one way or the other as to whether the examined conduct constituted obstruction, because it didn't. The report noted that while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. 
This left Attorney General Barr and Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein to evaluate the presented arguments and decide whether or not the president obstructed the Mueller investigation. He never. T- How could he obstruct it? He let it go on. He could have stopped it any time he wants. Mueller works for the president. Special counsel works for the president. He could have stopped him any time he wanted. He has that power. He has that right. Especially considering who Robert Mueller is. According to the Washington... Oh, I did that. Oh. Examiner Barr and Rosenstein concluded that the evidence developed during the special counsel's investigation is not sufficient to establish that the president committed an obstruction of justice offense. Following the release of the report, President Trump took to Twitter to celebrate the end of the extensive two-year investigation, which required a team of 19 lawyers, 40 FBI agents, more than 2,800 subpoenas, and the execution of almost 500 search warrants. President Trump quoted Brett Baer of Fox News, writing, No matter your ideologies or loyalties, this is good day for America. No American conspired to cooperate with, the, with Russia in its efforts to interfere with the 2016 election, according to Robert Mueller. And that is good. Well, I guess, despite his cele- celebrations, many are now calling for the release of the entire special report, saying that they do not want to su- the summarized version from Barr, who was nominated to the attorney general position by President Trump. All attorney generals are nominated by the president. Democrat cad- presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren wrote, Pocahontas. Congress did not ask for a summary. Attorney General Barr. Members of the House voted 420 to 0 to release the report. The American people deserve to see the full report. There's more than 420 people in the House. Democrat President Kennedy Kamala Harris wrote, I can't believe she has the nerve to be running for president. She's such a doofus. The Mueller report needs to be a pu- needs to be made public. The underlying investigation materials should be handed over to Congress, and Barr must testify. That is what transparency looks like. A short letter from Trump's hand-picked attorney general is not sufficient. At the time of this writing, news is pending as to whether the special report will be released. Reportedly, the report contains information that is or could be subject to federal rule of criminal procedure. Which means it can't be released. Look, it was a witch hunt. They're not going to stop witch hunting. They want him gone at all costs. He is is screwing up their whole plans. And so they're going to go, they're going to be apoplectic and go crazy. And they're going to do other crazy stuff. All right. uh, This one is from Raw Conservative Opinions. In a dramatic escalation of the Trump administration's legal battle against President Obama's health care law, Justice Department lawyers now say the entire Affordable Care Act should be struck down. Having previously argued under A.G. Jeff Sessions that only the law's pre-existing condition protection should be struck down, DOJ lawyers told the federal appeals court on Monday it thinks the whole of Obamacare is unconstitutional. It is, and most everything else you've pa- they've passed. 
siding with a Texas district court ruling that found Obamacare unconstitutional. In a letter Monday night, the administration said it is not urging that any portion of the district court's judgment be reversed. The Department of Justice has determined that the district court's comprehensive opinion came to the correct conclusion and will support it on appeal, said Kerry Kupek, spokesperson for the Justice Department. The Hill points out that the case centers on the argument that since Congress repealed Sorry about that. Something just jumped up my face. Hill points out that in in case the centers on the argument that since Congress repealed the tax penalty in the law's mandate for everyone to have insurance in 2017, the mandate can no longer be ruled constitutional under Congress's power to tax. The challenges then argue that all of Obamacare should be invalidated because the mandate is unconstitutional. The whole thing is unconstitutional. Most legal experts say legal precedent shows that even if the mandate is ruled unconstitutional, the rest of Obamacare should remain unharmed, as that is what Congress voted to do in 2017 tax law that repealed the mandate's penalty. Of course, at a moment when Trump's political capital is soaring after the Mula Avenatti debacles have crushed the resistance, as the Hill reports, the move is certain to prompt new denunciations from Democrats, who had already seized on the Trump administration's earlier call for the pre-existing condition protections to be struck down. This law is, a da- is as dangerous as it is reckless. It threatens the health care of tens of millions of Americans across the country, from California to Kentucky and all the way to Maine, said California Attorney General Xavier Bacara in a statement. The Affordable Care Act is an integral part of our health care system. Because no American should fear losing health care, we will defend the ACA every step of the way. Specifically, as the Washington Times concludes, the administration decision to fully back the lawsuit will loom largely on Tuesday when Democrats plan to propose measures that would make Obamacare more generous and combat Mr. Trump's changes to the program it it's never was supposed to work it was supposed to be a foundation on which to bring one payer system and they said that out loud people didn't listen they want single payer that's what they want okay again from uh this one's from real conservatives unite After the news broke that Robert Mueller had turned in his final report without recommending any further indictments, MSLSD's Rachel Madcow began frantically retweeting blue checkmark Twitter pundits who claimed that since nobody knows the contents of the report yet, the news that the number of Americans indicted for conspiring with the Russian government is set at zero doesn't matter. Well, guess what? Rachel, we know what ha- what the report contains now. U.S. Attorney General William Barr has sent a letter to congressional officials, which you can read. You can go to realconservativesunite.com. U.S. All right. It contains the following unequivocal quote. 
The special counsel investigation did not find that the Trump administration campaign or anyone associated with it conspired with Russia in its efforts to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election. As the report states, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. A footnote on the document clarifies that the Mueller investigation defined coordination with the Russian government very broadly to include not just overt coordination, but any agreement, tacit or express, between the Trump campaign and the Russian government on election interference. No such agreement, tacit or otherwise, was found to have taken place. So that's it then. The central and foundational claim of the Russia Gate <clears throat> conspiracy theory has been found to have been completely baseless. The report asserts that Russia hacked and distributed Democrat Party emails, a claim that the public still has yet to see any hard evidence for, and did not draw a conclusion one way or the other. Whether Trump committed obstruction of justice in the investigation of baseless conclusion allegations, but the central and fundamental Russia Gate claim that Trump and the Kremlin conspired to steal the 2016 election, election has been killed. Finito. Case closed. Debate over. And Trump is loving every second of it. No collusion, no obstruction, complete and total exoneration. Keep America great. Tweeted America's reality TV star president. Exactly as you would expect him to, taking some creative license with the actual contents of Barr's letter. This is your life for the next 594 days, America. You can expect to hear over and over and over and over again from today until November 2020 that the president was victimized for over two years by a witch hunt, which was complete and total fake news. All Trump will have to do to get reelected is keep his economy narrative going and repeat the claim that he's been unjustly persecuted by the establishment swamp. Anyway, uh, thanks for the circus, folks. But I was done with this a long time ago. I said exactly what was going to happen, hap- and exactly what I said happened, happened. Bunch of arrests had nothing to do with the investigation. Bunch of indictments had nothing to do with the investigation. Majority of the indictments are some people in Russia somewhere, and nobody's never going to hear from them, so we'll never know what that's about. But it's over. The investigation is over. It's time to move on, but they will not, because they must find a way to impeach him. All right. Speaking of Venezuela, this is from Prepper Lifestyle and Papos. A widespread new power outage spread across much of Venezuela on Monday, knocking offline much of the country's communication and stirring fears of a repeat of the chaos almost two weeks ago during the nation's largest ever blackout. The outage began shortly after 1 p.m. and appeared to have affected as many as 16 of Venezuela's 23 states, according to reports on social media. 
Like the previous outage, officials blamed components, opponents who, with the support of the U.S., had carried out sabotage on the Giri Dam, source of the bulk of Venezuela's electricity. They said the attack had already been controlled with service restored in much of the country already and remaining areas expected to come online in a couple hours. The damage that took five or six hours to repair in the electrical system after the first attack carried out by the right wing, we recovered today in a few hours, Communication Minister George Rodriguez said in a televised address. But those reassurances, similar to the ones last time around, did little to calm the anger of residents in Caracas, who even as he was talking filled the traffic-clogged streets as they walked their way home after subway service in the capital was suspended. Like other small business owners, 27-year-old restaurant manager Lillian Hernandez was bracing for the worst even as service started flickering back on in parts of Caracas. We Venezuelans suffer all kinds of problems, said Hernandez, who just recently managed to restock food that spoiled during the previous outage. We need a real solution that doesn't obey political interests. NetBlocks, a non-governmental group based in Europe that monitors internet censorship, said outage had knocked offline about 57% of Venezuela telecommunications infrastructure. The Trump administration, which has made no secret of its desire to remove the embattled socialists, has denied any role in the outages. Electricity experts and opposing leader Juan Guado faults years of government graft and incompetence. And of course, that means we have to go to break. You stay tuned because we'll be right back. Investing is a long-term process. How many times can you think of in the last decade that the stock market has destroyed retirement funds for people just like you and me? For your existing IRA, you need the security that gold has provided for centuries. Remember, gold has never been worth zero. Capital Gold would like to introduce you to the Home Storage Gold IRA. It's a self-directed IRA set up with all the protection and tax benefits of an LLC. But the big difference in this IRA is you invest in gold and you hold it in your possession. You can't do that with stocks. That's security. You can transfer any type of IRA hassle-free in days. Please call right now and learn more, and we'll waive the $500 setup fee and give you a free safe to store your gold. Call 800-515-6302. That's 800-515-6302. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 
This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details. Not available in all states. Due to an upturn in the economy, Main Street Business Loans has pre-approved the release of millions of dollars in small business funding. Your business may already be pre-approved to receive up to $250,000. We've sent out millions of pre-approval letters. We see the economy growing, and our underwriters believe now is the time to invest in your business so you can grow faster and make more money. And we're prepared to give you up to $250,000 to do it. Your funds can be available in five days. There are no application fees, no annual fees, just quick access to up to $250,000. If your business did not receive your approval letter to get up to $250,000, call Main Street Business Loans Approval Desk now. 800-296-1210. 800-296-1210. Again, that's 800-296-1210. What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the term lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. Sample rates cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. I'm here with Scott Uceum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever? We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS. Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-511-2117. 800-511-2117. That's 800-511-2117. Okay, and welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. Hour half of two. Boy, I feel tired. All right, where was I? Um, Venezuela. The Trump administration, which has made no secret to its desire to remove the embattled socialists, has denied any role in the outages. And the ex- 
Electricity experts and opposition leader Juan Guado faults years of government graft and incompetence. Meanwhile, as Venezuela's economic and political crisis deepens, many seem resigned to continuous disruptions in their daily routines. The important thing is for people not to get desperate, said William Rodriguez, who sells books at a kiosk under a downtown highway overpass. Meanwhile, the U.S. government warned Russia that the reported dispatch of military personnel to Venezuela has increased, was increasing tensions. U.S. State Department spokesman Robert Palladino said Secretary of State Mike Pompeo called Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov on Monday and said the United States and regional countries will not stand idly by while Russia takes steps to support its ally Maduro. Pompeo's call came after a Venezuelan official said Russia's aircraft arrived in Caracas this weekend as part of an ongoing military cooperation. Reports that two Russian Air Force planes arrived could not be independently confirmed. The U.S. and dozens of other countries support Guado, who says Maduro's re-election last year was rigged. Maduro alleges the U.S. and Guaido, Guado. I think there's a Guado are plotting a coup. Well, what do you think? I don't think they're plotting. I don't think my president's plotting a coup. The other person was duly elected and he was not. And he refuses to get at step down. Talking about socialist morons. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want this to go. Uh, this is conservative revival. Beto O'Rourke just became the latest Democrat candidate to run for president, and the man best known for losing to Ted Cruz is now considered a top-tier contender for the nomination. But Beto's disgusting answer to this one question will leave you feeling sick to your stomach. Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke recently became the latest Democratic Democrat candidate to throw his hat in the run for the party's nomination for president. The winner of the Democrat primary contest will face off against President Trump in the November 2020 election. But while Beto is perhaps best known for being a losing senatorial candidate against Ted Cruz, he quickly catapulted to the top of the Democrat leaderboard. This brought about a stronger examination of Beto's record, however, with more questions being asked about his policy positions and views. Beto, however, has notoriously been quick to avoid any discussion about policies, and his website even lacks specifics about where he stands on almost any issue. But Beto just made terrible mistake by answering this one question at a campaign stop. Daily Caller reports, quote, Former demon, I'm going to say Democrat, sorry. Former Democrat Texas representative and current presidential candidate Beto O'Rourke said that third trimester abortion should be left up to a woman's choosing during Monday night campaign in Cleveland, Ohio. Are you for third trimester abortions or are you going to protect the lives of third trimester babies? Because you know, there's really not a medical necessity for abortion, an attendee asked 
at the campaign event. They proceeded to give Beto an easy way out of answering the question, too, adding that it's not a medical emergency procedure because typically third-trimester abortions take up to three days to have. So you wouldn't that sense if there was an emergency the doctors would just do a c-section you don't have to kill the baby o'rourke answered so the question is about abortion and reproductive rights and my answer is to you is that should be a decision that a woman makes about her own body i trust her it's not her body especially third it's an independent body it isn't her body that's And her choice was to have sex out of wedlock and get knocked up. Well, you could have said no. That was your choice. Yes or no to having sex in the first. That's your choice. Once you choose, you don't get to not live up to your responsibilities for your decision. That's what abortion is. I'm against all abortion except for medical emergencies, and I don't know of any medical emergency where abortion needs to be performed. But you never know. Where was I? Uh, Beto was just, in just one sentence, supported the same sort of procedure that caused the firestorm earlier this year when a Virginia lawmaker tried to push a bill that would have legalized abortions up to the point of delivery. And the notorious policy, light Beto, decided to support that. Less than 20% of Americans support abortion in the third trimester. And that's usually because the baby is completely viable and capable of living outside the womb of his mother. Third trimester abortions are so universally opposed by the American people that in October 2017, the U.S. House voted 237 to 189 to pass Pain-Capable Unborn Child Protection Act, a measure that effectively banned abortions after 20 weeks. Still not good enough. Beto voted against the bill as a member of Congress. His position on such a hotly contested issue is so out of the mainstream, however, that he could have just sunk his campaign with one of the few policy positions he publicly gave. I don't think uh, any fake Hispanic Irishman is going to win the presidency or the primary. Uh, That's my prediction. All right, from the same place, conservative revival. Ilan Omar is not content to push her radical agenda in Congress. The scandal-plagued Demongrat has her sights set on even bigger, an even bigger target. And Omar has this awful message for American children that should frighten every parent. Liberals, progressives, in Congress, the media, and Hollywood are pushing a so-called climate change as the existential threat of our time. AOC took the next step by proposing the $93 trillion Green New Deal that would complete a Soviet-style takeover of the economy and ban hamburgers, cars, and airplane travel, even though she was caught eating a hamburger. The pressure of Congress to adopt this radical policy agenda, the left is targeting America's children for indoctrination. There always have been. 
Democrats are following the successful playbook they ran after the Parkland, Florida shooting, where liberals used David Hogg and some of his classmates as the political spokesman for gun grabbers. That decision paid off when Congress passed legislation funding the federal collection of state records for individuals who failed background checks. So the left began promoting a climate strike that encouraged children to ditch school in protest of the government's supposed active action in combating so-called climate change. Ilan Omar was one of the public figures promoting this anti-American crusade, and Hitler, Rotten Clinton, the butcher of Benghazi, sent out a tweet saying, Three amazing young women, Isra Hersey, age 16, Haven Coleman, age 12, and Alexandria Alexandria Villaseño, Villaseño, age 13, have organized youth climate strikes around the country tomorrow. They demand a livable future for their generation. Find a, find a strike and spread the word. Omar responded by encouraging children to join the bogus strike. Why? Yeah. I'm answering that demand. Why do we have Muslims in Congress? I'm answering that demands the secretary and will be standing with them at tomorrow's march. I hope our country and Congress will answer their demand as well, Omar tweeted. Democrats have long targeted America's youth for indoctrination on college campuses. No, they've been indoctrinating them since preschool. Professors brainwashed student with leftist nonsense claiming America is an inherently racist, sexist, homophobic, and xenophobic nation. Now they are taking that strategy to elementary and high schools. They already have. Democrats know teachers, entertainers, and athletes have influence with students. That's why they are drafting them into the fight against so-called climate change. Man-made global warming is fake news hoax. No kidding. But it also allows them to push every wish list item on their agenda. Tax increases, government control over industry, the elimination of fossil fuels, and abortion for the population control. All right. Uh, Carbon, uh, coal, maybe. No. None of it's fossil fuels. None of it. Sorry. It's not. No. People don't turn into into oil and neither do dinosaurs. Sorry. Besides, turns out the earth produces oil. So there. I forget the word for it right now. So that's what a... But uh, scientists have discovered that previously capped dead wells have come back to life. So that tells you that the earth is making oil. And it makes sense. Oil's too far down for any fossil or any dinosaur to have turned into oil. And dinosaurs, just like humans, are carbon-based life forms. They would not turn into oil. Sorry. It's all stupid. The Earth makes oil because God wants it to, because we need it. It is one-size-fits-all scheme to usher in the complete and utter transformation of America into a socialist state like Venezuela or Cuba. Look at what's going on in Venezuela. This helps explain why the left is making a massive push on so-called climate change. AOC 
recently made waves when she claimed the earth had only 12 years left unless the government took decisive action to reverse the alleged damage from so-called climate change. Political observers took it as another gaffe. But in light of Omar and others promoting children to go on strike from school in protest of the Trump administration dismissing their fake news hoax, AOC remarks must be seen in a different light. Her apoplectic rhetoric is laying the groundwork to scare children into getting on board with the crown jewel of their socialist agenda. Not just socialist, global socialist agenda. And I'll try and keep you informed as time goes on as to uh, what's going on with the nut jobs and such. I mean, <clears throat> I'm only one person, but yeah, just saying. All right. This is interesting. This was breaking. I don't know if it still is. Uh, the attorney who insisted that President Trump and his family were criminals to be indicted on the day after Mueller's report declines charges against Trump administration. The former personal attorney to adult film actress Stormy Daniels, who garnered fame for his outspokenly anti-Trump antics, is set to be charged with several crimes. Attorney Michael Avenatti criminally charged with four counts of extortion and related conspiracy counts. Press conference at whatever. Um... Moving on. Uh, That's a weird thing. CNBC is also reporting that Avenatti will be charged with wire bank fraud. Celebrity lawyer Michael Avenatti has been arrested on charges related to alleged $20 million extortion of the athletic apparel company Nike, federal authorities said on Monday. The indictment will be handed down the day after Attorney General William P. Barr announced that there is no evidence of collusion or obstruction of justice on behalf of President Donald J. Trump's 2016 campaign. Avenatti guarded fame and millions of dollars worth of free press from the leftist mainstream media while he represented Daniels in a lawsuit against Trump, which she ultimately lost. He then continued to inject himself into national politics, famously claiming that Donald Trump Jr. would be indicted as part of the Russiagate conspiracy theory before the end of 2018. On January 1, right-wing commenters dunked on him for that claim. He was also involved in the Supreme Court confirmation saga of Justice Brett Kavanaugh, representing a woman who accused now Justice Kavanaugh of gang rape. The huckster attorney briefly flirted with a 2020 presidential campaign in the midst of being accused of domestic abuse by an ex-girlfriend. He was later evicted from his law office and accused of hiding millions of dollars from bankruptcy court. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Bye-bye, bye-bye, Miss Avenatti. Hope you enjoy prison. They might enjoy you. Okay. Uh, That was for big league politics, and so is this. Scroll, dang you. A public library in Texas is suffering major backlash after news broke 
that one of the readers from Drag Queen Storytime is a convicted child sex offender. The Heights Public Library, part of the Houston Public Library system, was all smiles at the announcement of Drag Queen Storytime that began in July 2018. But those smiles quickly turned upside down after management failed to stop a man who was convicted of sexually assaulting a young boy a few years ago for participating in the reading. The library system isn't singing the praises of men in dresses reading to little kids anymore. Man, that's a freak. Tatiana Maladina, whose real name is Alberta Garza, is 32 years old and was convicted of sexually assaulting an 8-year-old boy in 2008, according to Breitbart. He somehow found his way into a reading gig for the public library where he read to numerous little boys and girls. The library is stating that Garza never had a background check completed before starting to volunteer at the public library. He was last seen reading to children at the Montrose Library in September 2018, according to ABC 13. Let's keep in mind that many moms who took their kids to these drag queen storytime events were all about it. They really wanted their kids under 10 years old to learn about people with confused sexualities, excited to expose them to things they don't get to see every day. I wanted it to become more normal and more accepted, one mom said of the story times. You're a doofus. You shouldn't have children. Alexander Drake, the Heights Library Assistant Manager, told KHOU 11, It is amazingly unique. That is something we strive for, for sure at this particular branch, but also at Houston Public Library. We also want to promote diversity, understanding, inclusion, and fun. So Houston Public Library is big on inclusion for sexual predators. Simply apologizing for a slip in the system isn't cutting it. Do your job, city government, and maybe things like this won't happen. This library allowed a child predator to have interactions with young kids all because they tried so hard to be overly inclusive how's that working out it's it's perversion it's they have mental problems they all need psychiatric care and because the psychiatric system was afraid of them they took out of the treatment manual and now they claim they're normal they're not normal There was no science involved in pulling him from the DSV. None. That's the the manual for psychiatry. It was done for political reasons because they were accosted by homosexuals and demanded that they take them out out of their treatment manual because there's nothing wrong with them. And so they did. That was a political decision. There has been no study to back that up. It wasn't then. There isn't now. All right. From Christian Headlines. Romanian and Honduran officials announced on Sunday that they would be moving their Israeli embassies from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Yeah, man, Trump said it. Trump started the whole process. According to the Times Israel, Romanian Prime Minister Viorica Dancilia announced at the American Israel Public Affairs Committee conference that. She, taking cues from the United States, would be moving the Romanian embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. As Dian Celia 
stood on stage at the AIPAC conference, she noted the longevity of the relationship between Israel and Romania, saying, Last year, Romania celebrated 70 years of uninterrupted (laughs) diplomatic relations with the state of Israel. This is undeniably historical and diplomatic and diplomatic fact, she added. Dion Celia also emphasized Romania's commitment to protecting the continued peace dialogue between Israel and Palestine, as well as her commitment as the President of Council of the European Union to forge closer relationships between Israel and the rest of the EU. Dancilia then announced in a big move saying that, like Donald Trump, moved the U.S. Embassy to Israel to in Israel to Jerusalem, so would she. The Prime Minister said, as we all know, President Donald Trump opened the Embassy of the United States in Jerusalem. This admirable and brave step impressed me, my government, and the Romanian people. She continued, moving the American Embassy is emblematic and it proves the powerful connection of values and interests between the American people and the Israeli people. Tansila said this move launched an international process of reflection, causing leaders from around the world to contemplate moving their embassies too. In fact, the Romanian government initiated the process of evaluating the opportunity of moving the Romanian embassy to Jerusalem, she added. This is why I'm pleased to announce today in front of this APAC audience that after the finalization of this analysis, with all the constitutional actors involved in the decision-making process, and in full consensus that I, as Prime Minister of Romania and the government that I run, will move our embassy to Jerusalem, the capital of the state of Israel, Densilla proclaimed. According to CBN News, Honduran leaders echoed Dancilla's sentiments at the conference by announcing that they too would be moving their embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. As Christian headlines previously reported, after the United States made the move in 2018, Australian and Brazilian leaders announced similar intentions. According to CBN News, the Czech Republic is also considering moving their embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem in the near future. It's just no end of the wondrous things that Donald Trump has made to come to pass, wouldn't you say? I know there's some anti-Trumpers out there screaming at the <laughs> screaming at their computer right now. I'm sorry, but you you're just wrong. It's time to wake up and smell the coffee. All right, let's see what we got next here. Again from Christian Headlines, UK denies asylum to Iranian Christians. Hmm. Oh, there's the music, ladies and gentlemen. We're out of time. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And good night, everybody.